Hello, this is Steve with A Hope and a Future. I just felt like I needed to do this little disclaimer before getting started because of some amazing recent events. The plan for this podcast has been to do a first season of four episodes that were all pre-recorded, and then to start a new season beginning on August the 1st, with each episode from then on being both recorded and released within just a few days' time. This is because of how quickly things are moving and changing in the world these days, and this podcast really needs to be in step with current events in order to actually fulfill its purpose. And then came the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Even though the overturning of Roe doesn't end abortion, it is an amazing step in the right direction. Huge news. Taking the issue out of the government's hands federally and returning it to state governments. So, if what you're about to hear had been recorded after the Supreme Court decision had been handed down, I'm sure it would have influenced the way I discuss the abortion issue in these pre-recorded episodes. If you do happen to sense this as you listen, please overlook it. And so, having said that, I thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy this episode of A Hope and a Future. Now that I'm a man of faith, I don't fear death. So, now what? Thank you for listening to A Hope and a Future, a podcast that explores the church's intended role and influence in the earth, both now and in years to come. Last episode, I was talking a little bit about the problem of false humility in the church and how this has made us weak and made us ineffective. It's basically turned us into the silent majority. We're a sleeping giant, so to speak. And we hit on two ways in which we have basically trained ourselves to live our lives in this state of false humility. The first is in the way that we have used our natural experience to inform us about spiritual reality. So essentially, we say, If it's not happening in my natural experience, I'm not going to believe it. This is radically opposed to faith. And faith is, of course, what being a man or woman of God is all about. So that's the first way. The second is in the way that we refuse to simply accept all the empowering things that the Word of God has to say about us. We always tend to want to balance them with things that seem to uh, put us in our place or humiliate us. There's something else, though, that also has the effect of keeping us down and out of the game. It's another tendency of the church over which we also need to repent and change the way that we think about it. And here it is. In our minds, we Western believers seem to have fully accepted that difficult, belittling, and unpleasant things are just a part of life. And then we've turned around and said that all of the glorious things, the exciting things about being a child of God, they're all relegated and put on hold until the afterlife. And so, until we die, we expect to be misunderstood and ostracized. We expect to be small and insignificant. We expect to be weak and really at the mercy of evil. Then we expect to die, and only after that do we expect to experience any form of glorious fulfillment and victory. 
Now, this is all easily proven to be an unbiblical view. But before getting into that, here's the issue we now have because of this. It is what you expect that you are actually believing for. Consider that. And it's, it's what you're actually believing for that you actually have faith in. So if faith has any actual impact on our lives as believers at all, our low expectations are, of course, going to be self-fulfilling. We're in faith for our unbiblical and lowly expectations. That's why when Jesus healed those two blind men, he did it with these words. According to your faith, let it be unto you. According to their faith. Now, I suppose that means that if they had been expecting not to actually have their eyesight restored, they would have stayed blind. Even after their intense encounter with the great physician. So, are we in our own form of blindness because that's what we really are expecting in life? Even as Jesus is so ready and willing to open up our eyes. Foster the Sound Studio exists to cultivate relationships with artists and creatives while helping in the process of releasing the sound and content they carry. Foster the Sound Studio accomplishes this by providing encouragement, genuine relationship, collaboration, and the use of studio quality equipment in order to release professional content. You can find out more by visiting www.ftsstudio.com. So to get a better idea of what we can rightly expect our lives as Christians to look like, Let's just consider the couple of examples that I mentioned earlier. How about the expectation for fulfillment in life? Is ongoing fulfillment something that we will only be able to find someday in heaven? And what about victory? Should we just be expecting to live in defeat or at least uh, in mediocrity for now and only look forward to living in a state of victory and wholeness after we've gone on from this realm to the next? The answer in both cases is no. God constantly assures us of this throughout the Bible. But perhaps some of the best examples are actually found in the words of Jesus. In the case of fulfillment, Jesus first says, don't worry about what you will drink or what you will eat or what you will wear because your heavenly Father knows you need these things And if you're faithful in seeking him, all those things will be provided for you. So that takes care of our bodily needs, right? But of course, there's a whole lot more to being fulfilled than just that. And so he doesn't leave us there. He goes on to say much, much more. He says that he is always with you, never leaving you, never forsaking you. He says that you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. He says that it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. He says that his very own peace, that perfect peace that passes all understanding, he has also given to you. Now, 
Are there difficulties and trials uh, that we have to face just like everybody else? Well, sure there are. But listen, a a fulfilled life is not a problem-free life. It's a problem-proof life. So when our expectation is God's constant care, his presence, his wisdom, his peace, then circumstances, good or bad, can no longer challenge our sense of fulfillment. Okay, so what does Jesus say about living victorious lives? Is this something reserved for heaven? Well, let's think about it. Jesus tells us plainly that if we have faith, which, remember, is expectation, nothing shall be impossible for us. Nothing. That's what he says. He says that even things man can never do normally. With God, all things are possible. Now, that's what I call victorious living. And it's not just our own personal victories either. He tells us also that because of our faith in him, we can heal the sick. We can deliver the demonized and the oppressed. We can even raise the dead. Now, if you're a cessationist and don't think the scripture is accurate and an errand or something like that, and then this is all nonsense to you. But I'm not talking to you anyway. We should be expecting supernatural lifestyles. How ridiculous for us to be connected by the Holy Spirit to the all-powerful, supernatural God, but then to live completely unsupernatural lives. I remember several years ago, the big thing going on in the American church was, what would Jesus do? You could get WWJD bracelets, WWJD t-shirts and bumper stickers. There were songs about what would Jesus do and movies about what would Jesus do. And the answer that the church gave in response to this question, be nicer and friendlier to others. No mention of the fact that what Jesus mostly did included healing all those who were sick, calming storms with the sound of his voice, creating feasts for multitudes out of virtually nothing, opening the ears of the deaf and the eyes of the blind. Did we think that Jesus had just totally changed? So what would Jesus do if he were here now? Act like a better version of us? Demonstrate for us a high level of being nice? Or would he do what he's always done and turn the world upside down? When we look around at the sorry shape of our nation, it may seem overwhelming, but this is where we have to rid ourselves of false humility. Decide what we believe and take responsibility for the awesome fulfilled, victorious way of life modeled by Jesus that the word of God actually informs us we should be living. Sure, there may seem to be mountains of injustice, perversion, and evil towering before us, but Jesus said that by our faith, by our level of expectation, we should be the people speaking to mountains and seeing them removed. And all of this is for now. Nothing I've mentioned here is a promise reserved for heaven, not one thing. What keeps it all at bay is our lack of faith. It's our low expectations. Again, 
It's what you expect that you are actually believing for. It's what you are believing for that you actually have faith in. And our low expectations are costing us and, frankly, everyone around us what our God would like to do through us to change a city, change a nation, and even a world. Kairos Artistry is a small business in Western North Carolina that began with a love of capturing the simple moments of life for all to enjoy through the lens of a camera. Kairos Artistry has developed into a robust video and photography business, covering all areas in the field. Some of Kairos Artistry's featured services include drone property tours and interior floor plans, capturing your favorite athlete in high-action sports photos, highlighting products or accentuating the look of your website, acquiring that ideal professional headshot for your portfolio. Kairos Artistry is ready to walk you through all the services they offer and customize them in order to meet your needs. You can contact Kairos Artistry by calling 828-284-3008. Kairos Artistry LLC is FAA licensed and insured. Getting back to what I said at the very opening, obviously one of the most victorious aspects of being a Christian, and you'll hear this, all the time in in the mainstream church across America, is that we no longer need to fear death. Clearly good news. So let's consider that. Now, Buddhists believe that they will be reincarnated, that they will be rebirthed after death into a more elevated form than they are currently in now. Okay, not so bad, right? Hindus believe along those same lines. Islam on the other hand, teaches that it's basically all about good deeds. If their good deeds outnumber their bad deeds, they don't have to fear death because they will be admitted into paradise. Now, it's this last example that I kind of want to consider because it may sound like Christianity to some of you when you first hear it. Well, if it does, then you actually have a pretty big misunderstanding. Now, don't let that be offensive to you because, frankly, Most Christian people in our nation do not clearly understand this. Christ came to offer us forgiveness, period. Not an opportunity for us to make it to heaven as long as we perform well. This is an amazing distinction. He just forgives us. We then accept this gift of forgiveness, and that's it. O death, where is your sting? O death, where is your victory? Gone. As far from us as the east is far away from the west. So for the Hindus and the Buddhists, there is the comfort of an opportunity to get it right next time around. For the Muslim, there's the comfort of having an opportunity to perform better tomorrow than they did today. So what is the opportunity before the Christian to live life consumed with a determination to behave better or to perform better? No. The Christian faith is radically different from all others beyond the fact that it's just observably true where the others are not. The Christian is not a person striving to measure up 
so that fear is no longer a problem. They are the person set free from fear already, set free from the fear that would otherwise hold them back from the gloriously daring lifestyle that God intends for them to live. Think about it. We we know when we're looking at a fearless person, and we know because of their willingness to step out and to take risks that others often won't. If there is one segment of the population that should be demonstrating fearlessness, it should be the people of God. As a Christian, I no longer fear death. So now what? Am I to to just continue to play it safe and stay out of it and just be glad that one day when my time does come that I can take comfort in my faith at that point? Or am I supposed to, by faith, ask myself and the Spirit of God who guides me, what fearless exploit for the kingdom will I engage in today? Because I am one of the ones who have nothing to fear. That shift in thinking, that repentance, changes everything. The church in America has really become a people merely of good behavior instead of being a people of gloriously daring lifestyles. And you can see the fruit of it everywhere. The world around us grows darker and darker, while the people of God are, you know, focusing on not making missteps, on not offending anyone, on being well-behaved. The bottom line is we are defensive We're busy trying to guard ourselves from the darkness instead of embracing who we are, being offensive and dispelling the darkness. Jesus himself called us the light of the world. In him is life. And that life is the light of his people. And that light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot stand against it. For us, Life is not merely existing. It's not just surviving. Life is living, living in fulfillment, living in victory, living as the light of the world. We are his, and because we're his, we are called to be the truly fearless ones. What glorious exploits shall we engage in today? I'm Stephen Smith. And this is A Hope and a Future. A Hope and a Future is a weekly podcast produced and recorded at Foster the Sound Studio. Graphic design by Kairos Artistry. A Hope and a Future is available on all listening platforms. Thank you for any comments and feedback.